going back to what the state of Black women in America is really about, it's it's really talking about, you know, what is that, what has been our journey in this country when it comes to Black mothers specifically? Because when you look at historical facts, right, Black mothers have always had to fight for their own children. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan. And mamas, today on the show, we're talking to Blessing Adishian. Blessing is a mother of three, career professional, and the founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a solution-driven platform and ecosystem that propels women forward in motherhood, work, and life. I met Blessing through Instagram earlier this year, and I love her commitment to promoting better policies and systems for supporting working moms. She's passionate, ambitious, and I'm so excited to share her story with you. We'll also be talking about a free two-hour mini-conference Blessing is hosting this Friday called The State of Black Mothers in America. This conference aims to bring all moms together to talk about the issues, the policies that hold black mothers back, and how we can all advocate for change. Be sure to register for free at blackmotherstogether.com. As always, stick around to the end of the show to hear my top three takeaways from this conversation, or you can head over to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash blessing for the complete show notes. Are you ready, mamas? Let's get started. Hey, Blessing, how are you? Doing okay. It's the beginning of the week, trying to get work done and, you know, focus on some big goals, right? Get those knocked out. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing is a really dumb question in this like environment, but I feel like it's just reaction at this point. I'm really excited to have you on the show though. We've been connecting for a while and you run a platform called Mother Honestly. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and what that's about? So Mother Honestly is really about reimagining how women thrive in motherhood, work and life. I think, you know, for so long, we've kind of played into this narrative, right? That once we step into motherhood, that, you know, we needed to kind of let go of our ambitions and our dreams and that our family's front and center, which is which is still true, right? right? It, it's still true that our family's front and center. But the premise of Mother Honestly is how do we make sure that women are leading a healthy, fulfilled and productive life in motherhood? How do we make sure that, you know, their dreams and their ambition isn't just, isn't an afterthought, right? Uh, because, yeah. you know, a lot of us, stepping to motherhood and we truly believe that our goals, our ambitions and our dreams doesn't matter. And so Mother Honestly is about, you know, how can we place, how can we align our goals and our ambition in motherhood in a way that works for us? Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you are a part-time mom, working mom, whatever the label is that society, right, is placing on us, whatever it is that you identify with, let it be enough. I think that's really our message is let it be enough. We're all in a season, right? You know, there are seasons where, you know, you are working like crazy and you're knocking things out, right? And there will be seasons where you're like, but I really want to take a back seat and enjoy my family and enjoy my children. And that's what matters at that point. So um, we're really just giving women the permission, um, not that we, they need permission, but at least just being another voice that is saying you can align your goals, your ambition in motherhood. And it doesn't need to be linear. It doesn't need to follow the same path, you know, as we see on media or social media, you know, if, if you will, it doesn't need to follow that path. 
Absolutely. And what do you do? What have you done in your work that led you to starting Mother Honestly? Thank you. So I started Mother Honestly mid-2018. So we're just about getting ready to celebrate our second year anniversary. I'm a chemical engineer by trade. So, you know, I, all I, all I know is numbers and, you know, I have, I've definitely done a, a lot of things in my career as an operational excellence leader in the chemical industry and petrochemicals. And when I had my son early 2018, that was my second child. My daughter is 11. I have a two-year-old and I now have an eight-month-old. So, you know, when I had my son, it became very clear to me that culture wasn't speaking to women the way it should. It became very clear to me that women weren't supported in the workplace and they weren't supported in motherhood, period. And so how can we change that narrative? And not only that, how can we really uplift that mom, right? You know, the average mom is working 50 hours a week. She's also doing household chores between 30 to, you know, now in COVID era, it's 60 hours, another 60 hours um, per week on women are spending on household chores. So, you know, how can we really dissect this issues and this, this reality for working parents, especially moms? And so that was, you know, the premise when I, when I started Mother Honestly was, okay, how can I provide the tools, the resources and the community, because women thrive on community. We really thrive on leaning on each other. You know, I've always, I've never been a leaning fan. I couldn't finish the book. That's just because I don't believe in leaning into my career. I believe in making sure that all parts and every aspect of my life are working together. They're working t- together, uh, you know, in a way that really sets me up for healthy, fulfilled and productive life. And I wanted to get that message across to moms. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like in your life? Are you still working full time while you're running Mother Honestly and you have three <laughs> kids? So, so what does this look like? Because it sounds like you're leaning into your ambition a lot, but I understand mm-hmm. that there's parts of that book that are very problematic uh, and limiting. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, everything has a season. I it, there have been moments in my career, right, where I literally just had one child and I had a nanny and I was just literally having fun, right? I was, you know, going not to my career, climbing the corporate ladder and taking my daughter at that time as a single mom, right? You know, traveling around the world and, you know, just living life. And now I'm in a period where I'm having more babies. We're actually planning on having one more to make our you know, three kids now, four. So we are crazy in their terms. But I've also decided that this time, I'm not going to let my ambition take the back seat. That this time, as I build my my business, that I'm also building my my family. Yeah. And, and I know that, you know, for most people, it's not something that is truly possible. But one of the things, and, you know, I think in motherhood, we don't talk about hacks a lot. I think, you know, my, my biggest hack is really understanding what I want to focus on, what I choose to focus on and having that choice. Because the only reason people are burning out, you know, from doing a lot is because they have decided not to make a choice, not to burn out. So I basically approach this in a way of, I will not burn out, but here are the things that I want to accomplish. And here are the things that I have chosen not to do. You know, I'm going to give an example. You know, I don't do my kids' laundry. I do not do my kids' laundry. That is not something that I would spend my, you know, cognitive labor and time 
executing, right? So for me, and, and I know that I am speaking from a place of privilege, right? I think we've we've had a lot of conversation this last in the last two weeks around privilege, and this is another you know angle, right? You know, I yeah. know that I'm speaking from a, from a place of privilege because not everybody can afford to outsource household chores. But I think even if it's exchange, and I have been in those in in those situations where I have exchanged services, you know, just to buy convenience. And so yeah, so if you ask me, how is it that I am still you know ambitious? While I am, you know, raising babies, I, I want to say it's because I have chosen not to do the things that I, you know, that I normally would do. And I have also leaned on my family. Like I said, I have an 11 year old, you know, she's cleaning, she's mopping the floors, she's doing the dishes. You know, I also have a grown man in this house. You know? <laughs> so nobody's asking him why he's going gangbusters on his career while having kids, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, so for me, it's how can we make sure that the division of labor in the house is truly close to 50-50 as possible because the income is 50-50. So why shouldn't the responsibilities be 50-50? So, you know, looking at, you know, how I can empower my village to, to get the help that I need so that I can continue to succeed, right? You know, we, we, I know we're going to get into the money aspect, but, you know, part of it is also having that financial um, stability, not only as a family, but for me personally, you yeah. know, because I have been a single mom before. Trust me, I know. Right. I like literally. So I'm now one of those women that tell you, hey, you need to make sure that you have your financial runway for if something happens. You really need to plan for the inevitable. You know, we're not praying for it. Well, thank God. Then it's just going to be extra cash. Right. But what if it happens? What then? And so when you think about that kind of planning, what do you do now? What do you do differently now in making sure that you have your bases covered? I mean, I, I save. That is something, you know, I have my own, you know, my own account that is separate from the family's account. I save money. I also invest, right? I invest in businesses. I invest in, you know, in stock markets, right? I diversify my 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 money in a way that, you know, it works for me. Another thing that I do is I think just having the conversation routinely with my spouse around, you know, how we want to build wealth for a family and how we want to manage money, how we want to manage cash and, you know, how we want to protect ourselves and our investments. A lot of people don't think, right, that you should be having those conversations, but because it's uncomfortable, right? Well, that's why we are in a lot of the places that we are right now as a society is because we have chosen not to talk about you know, those things that are uncomfortable. We've chosen to not have difficult conversations, but until we face, you know, those situations and have those conversations, then we are truly not going to solve those problems. I completely agree. And on the money side, we're big proponents here of a weekly money meeting of whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes, like make sure you're having regular conversations about money because the other side of it is even if people do talk about it, if they're only doing it every couple months or once a year, you don't have time to course correct, right? Things have gone too far in a wrong direction and when you're trying to pull it back. So those regular conversations are important. Yeah, I mean, we have check-ins and it's not just centered around money, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. our check-in is a weekly check-in. You know, matter of fact, we're having it more often now because of COVID-19 
than you know normal. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god, not again. When my husband whips up the spreadsheets, you know everything is color coded. Like he has the greens, the reds, and you know the yellows and things that are, that needs to be corrected. And we talk about everything. You know, it's an yeah. opportunity for us to talk about you know my my workload for the week, his workload for the week. Who's going to watch the kids? Who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to do the dishes? You know, those kind of logistical details that people don't want to have. I mean, I, you know, in our community, we see a lot of women basically saying, my husband doesn't want to have that conversation. But I think if we had already put in place, you know, an opportunity to have a weekly conversation, whether it's centered around money, then you can just bring in those, oh, are you going to do the dishes too? You know, like start bringing (laughs) the conversation um, into, you know, the direction that you want. So in those meetings, we talk about money a lot. We have our spreadsheets and we, we have our goals, right, for savings, for investments, for, you know, look at our 401k, what are the things that needs to change? And we have a financial advisor that we meet with, you know, routinely to say, hey, what are we doing right? Where, what, what do we need to be thinking about? And what, what are we not thinking about? You know, what are the yeah. blinders? So I think that, you know, it's very important for women to take ownership. Of what, that's one of the biggest things that, you know, women are not taking ownership. They are leaving these decisions to men. Right. Oh, you know, my husband is the one in charge of our finances. Oh, hell no. I, I will not leave anybody in charge of the finances. Not after what I've been through as a single mom. Not after what I've been through as a young professional trying to just make money in this country. I think that everybody needs to be aware of the balance sheets. They need to be aware of, you know, where they stand financially as an individual and as a family. I completely agree. <laughs> 100%. I'm curious, Blessing, do you you have this entrepreneurial side? Is your goal to ultimately take this full time or do you want to keep your career and the business running in parallel? So my goal is to focus on my business 100%. So that's kind of, you know, the the discussions that we have in our weekly meetings now is how can we, you know, set me up for success in a way mm-hmm. where we are able to bring in, you know, much more stable income. So Mother Honestly is making some money right now. And I actually have another startup, which you're going to laugh, right? Because you already kind of rattled off all the things that I'm doing. But we have another startup, you know, that kind of came out as a result of Mother Honestly that we are starting up actually next week. So, so you know, the goal is to focus on my two startups very squarely um, and, and take that on full time in the near future. So we have, we have, we have a roadmap, right? So we have a roadmap and we have our implementation phases and you know, all the things that we need to implement and you know what, what are the expectations, right, financially for us. And once we hit that, we've been hitting our goals, you know, consistently in the last three months. So how do we continue to hit our goals and then, you know, make sure that we have that path, right, to me leaving my full-time job. So those are the kind of discussions that we're having internally. So yeah, I would love to join you, Chelsea, on the, on the other side of entrepreneurship. <laughs> Tell us about your other startup, though. This is going to go live next week. So if you guys are listening to this, this is apparently Blessing is launching a <laughs> project. Tell us so, so yeah, so the new startup is called Velo. So it's basically playing off of having a village. And our website is going to be hellovelo.com. We actually have a landing page right now. So if anybody's interested, you can go to hellovelo.com. So Velo is a personal and household management. So what do we mean by that? It is, we, we basically looked at the problem that we face, right? As a society where individuals are burning out. So the average individual is working 50 hours a week. 40% of Americans are working 50 plus hours a week, anywhere between 50 and 80 hours. 
So we are basically a high-performing society with no structure in place for managing our personal lives. And when we look at, you know, the home and work, I kind of think think of them as two spheres, right? You have the home, which has been predominantly dominated by women, and work that has been predominantly dominated by men. You now have 70% of women, breadwinners and co-breadwinners, migrating to work, right? With no one managing the home. Meanwhile, we have businesses managing the workplace. But we've decided that, you know, professionals, right, shouldn't be managing home because we have sort of classified that label as unpaid labor, right, that women should be executing. Well, women are no longer home, right? Women are now working, 70% of them. And so how can we manage professionally our personal and home life so that, you know, we are giving men and women the time that they need to focus on their work? all their passion, their goals, their hopes, their dreams, and, and things that they care about. Their children, you know, whether it's, an, it's, an, whether it's a hobby, whether it's traveling the world, whether it's a startup that you want to focus on. So the idea of Velo is to basically have professionals, people, processes, and technology combining those three things to provide um, you with an optimized solution for your home. So whether that's managing, you know, the day-to-day activities, whether that's managing, you know, high-level details around my finances, you know, my kids, and we need to do summer camp. What are we doing with that? Like, how is that going to get done? Who's going to do the research? Who's going to find the best summer camp for your kids? Who's going to understand, you know, all the household staples and supplies that, you, that you're running low on and, you know, have those things ordered and organized and cleaned out and, you know, managing whether it's your babysitter, your lawnmower, so that that cognitive labor, which we are literally all spending so much time right? Making decisions. One of the biggest reasons why people burn out mentally is because we are constantly executing and making decisions. So if we can just take that decision making, that cognitive labor, if we can just take that away from the average individual, I mean, then they have time to free up themselves for work that actually matters. You know, when we look at what does this mean for the workplace, it also means that, you know, 87% of employees are disengaged. And why are they disengaged? It's because everybody's thinking about all the other things that they should be doing. You know, whether it's grandpa in the nursing home that needs, you know, an extra care, whether it's, you know, safety protocols for the family around COVID-19 and uh, in looking for a new babysitter, right, that, you know, will now come to the house as opposed to the kids going to a daycare. There are just so many decisions that we're now making as a society personally that I think that we believe can be handled by professionals. And we believe that Vila is the answer for that. That's awesome. And I do think, you know, it's really interesting that there's not, most households in America do not have a per person at home anymore, right? Doing right. that work. But women have still been trying to do that work while we work. And I think we've seen this increase, especially over the last few years of this encouragement of moms to like, do self-care and take care of yourself. And the response we hear most often from our audience is like, when do you want me to do that? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you bring that up, Chelsea, because that was literally the question that, you know, a lot of our moms, you know, when we ask them, why are you not taking time for yourself? They're like, wait, there's only so much time in the day. You know, by the time you tack on the 60 hours per week that each working parent is currently setting aside for housework and you and you tack on the 60 hours of work that's 120 hours out of 168 (laughs) you know where is the time and that house that house time i assume includes childcare. it it includes child care it includes you know education so previously boston consultancy group you know said it it was 30 hours pre-covid so it was 30 hours we were all spending on household work none of the kids at home 
now that you know we can educate the kids our home is now the daycare center it's the you know it's the sports arena right so now that number has dramatically doubled to 60 hours so that includes everything plus you now have to work 60 percent of working parents are basically saying that they now have to work more because they're working from home. Think about it. You have your cell phone with you. You now have your laptop with you. So, you know, kids are in bed. You're quickly, you know, crunching, you know, numbers and churning out reports and all those different things. That is an additional hour on top of the 40 hours that you're working. So, I mean, this is unsustainable. I think that's just the reality is that we are, we as a society are moving towards, you know, just constant execution without creating the time for employees to truly, you know, get a break and, and focus on, you know, some high level strategy for their family. I mean, we're talking about finances here and so many people really want to have these conversations, but they don't freaking have the time. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if we can just create time for people so that they can actually have that time to relax as a family, as a couple and say, where do we want to go? What is our vision for this family? Because, you know, if you don't understand your vision for your family, then it's very, it's, it's really hard for you to kind of think about how that connects to a financial um, independence, right? Yeah. If, if you don't know what your family is going to be about in the next five years, then, then you cannot create a financial plan. Yeah. And we are big here, uh, Blessing, about goal setting and actually taking the space, creating the space to think about what you want your family to look like, because we so often get stuck in this cycle of we're working and we're doing this stuff at home, we're working and we're not sleeping, that we can't even picture life looking any different. And we've actually found in a lot of cases, getting husbands to open up about that conversation is even more difficult because they've shut it down, right? That like, this is just what we have to, how things have to be. And that's, I think, the real starting base for any conversation about goals and about money is like, what do we actually want? And is what we're doing right now what we actually want? Absolutely. I mean, that has always been for us the the compass um, for our family is, you know, what are we, what are we about? Who, who, mm. What do we believe in? We truly believe that, you know, entrepreneurship is what's for our family, right? If we truly believe that we want to be financially independent, if we truly believe that our kids need to go to, you know, college without paying student loan, you know, without grabbing student loans, if we truly believe that we don't want to keep paying for monthly payments on four different cars, like what do we really believe in? And so we basically even started from there. It's like a manifesto of what our family is going to be about. And, and from there, we start cascading and coming up with some real solutions you know, financially and even, even, even health, health wise, right. If yep. you truly believe that, you know, you want your family to be together, you know, for the next 40, 50 years, then what do you guys need to start doing right now? You know, is that eating healthy? Is that exercising routinely? What does that look like? And so the same thing applies to the financial situation we're talking about here. So I truly believe that, you know, everything starts with, with a vision, with a plan. And from there we can, you know, cr- start creating some sustainable solutions. Absolutely agree. And I want to go back, uh, Blessing, we talked about how we get into the situations we are in the world and avoiding difficult conversations. And a few days ago, you announced that Mother Honestly uh, is going to be hosting this, the State of Black Mothers in America, a mini conference online. And what jumped out of my e- the email announcement that I saw was you had this line that said, our goal is to unite every single mother on this planet to understand the Black mother's position and to do everything within their own power to do what's right at home, at work, and in our society. What is the, what is the mission of this event? And how can we start to better understand the experiences of mothers, uh, of Black mothers? 
I, I think, yeah, thank you so much for reading that email because, you know, I'm, I'm a very passionate individual when it comes to the position of mothers in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously as, as a person of African descent and just seeing how horrible this country has treated the Black population was shocking to me. You know, I, I am not from here. I am not American. I, you know, I grew up in Nigeria and I, I moved here in 2005. And so I have the luxury of understanding what it means to be Black and to be free, right? I have the luxury mm-hmm. of understanding what it means to not grow up in a society that, you know, that, I, that ostracizes you somewhat from opportunities because of the color of your skin. So that's where I'm coming from, right? And then seeing just how horrible the situation is, and I have experienced firsthand, right, in America, really just um, kind of helped me realize that I needed to start speaking up, right? I needed to yeah. I needed to not only use the platform that I have um, to bring moms together, but also to show them, right, what's possible. Because I truly believe that, you know, I am, a, I am an example. And I think that a lot of people, right, because even for Black girls, because they don't see a lot of Black women, right, that, that are, you know, that are successful, you know, that are successful or even a lot of Black men that are successful, it's easy to think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm really not going to amount to anything, right? And, and, and then it becomes an issue for society. But, you know, going back to what the state of Black women in America is really about, it's, it's really talking about, you know, what is that, what has been our journey in this country when it comes to Black, black mothers specifically? Um, because when you look at historical facts, right black mothers have always had to fight for their own children you know they 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 would they would have babies you know some of them were most of them were raped right and then you know some of them you know they would have kids babies and those babies would be immediately taken away from them after they've nursed and the reason they do that is because they want to immediately sell that baby as property right to somebody else and really disconnect the family because, you know, again, everything comes back to family, right? We, we started this, this conversation with family being front and center. And when they, immediately you break that structure down, you kind of break that individual. Mm-hmm. And so Black mothers have always had to fight for their kids. And so to be, in, to be living in the 20th century, in 2020, and Black mothers are still fighting. I mean, literally, you wake up every morning and you are praying for the safety of your family. You're praying for the safety of your husband. You're praying for the safety of your kids. It is truly um, disgusting, if I can use that word. So as a society, uh, you know, and, and then we look at the workforce, which I am more passionate about. You know, Black mothers are participating, you know, in high multitudes in the workplace. 85% of Black mothers are the primary sole or co-breadwinners for their family, you know, but these women are making 54 cents compared to a white man's dollar. That is about half of a white man's dollar. And, you know, and then you look at, you know, even the maternal and mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Black women are three to four times as likely to die from pregnancy-related causes as their white counterparts. Three to four times. That is basically every, if you found four kids, it meant, it meant that, you know, you could have gone into the hospital and died three times. I mean, that is, those are the facts that, you know, according to the New York Times, according to multiple research. So, so, so this was one of the, the motivation behind having the state of Black mothers in America is that every, for everything that is happening, George Floyd, Trayvon Martin, what is the single most unique detail around it? You always see a mother crying. 
you always, always see a mother crying, holding on to, you know, pictures and saying, why me? And so, you know, we really wanted to kind of start diving into those details and then, you know, start talking about how can we change it? You know, how can we as mothers, black, white, you know, Latinos, Hispanic, you know, from various diverse backgrounds, how can we combat this pandemic? Because it is a racial pandemic, you know, where our kids are not able to survive. You know, I really want to look at, you know, even more data around, I think one of the things that one of the data, one of the data that we've started seeing lately is that even this, this racial divide starts as early as preschool, right? Where even, you know, teachers are looking at these kids and the black child is being singled out for being disruptive because, you know, that's where we're looking, right? And if you look at something long enough, you're going to find that problem. Right. Mm-hmm. So so this is an opportunity for us to bring mothers together and say, what are the things that we can start doing collectively? Is that, you know, investing in diversifying your kids toys, investing in di- diversifying their books? Is that investing in, you know, diversifying their thoughts? You know, I mean, we live, you know, personally, we live in a good neighborhood and we've never seen our neighbors. We have reached out to them, invited them over for playdates and they've said no. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a situation where you're kind of like, really? You know, <laughs> like, you know, so it's just, an, it's, it's just to give you a, the idea that no matter how even successful you are as a Black mom, as a Black person, you know, you just may never be accepted. And so this is a, this is a call to action for everybody listening. If, if you're an ally, you can do something about this. You can do something about this, and that's that's by you know attending the state of the mothers, um, state of Black mothers in America, because we're going to be diving into the numbers. We're also going to be it's also a day of healing for us collectively for everybody, yeah. Um, because we've all been through a lot in the last two weeks. We've been through you know hell and back, and so how do we move forward? And how do we move forward together? And mamas, this is going to be June 19th, Friday, June 19th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll have the link to register for free for that in the show notes. Uh, Blessing, can you tell us a little bit more about the other women that are going to be speaking with you at this event? Absolutely. So we have Debbie Brown, who is an energy healer. She's a wellness educator. You can check her out at Debbie Brown on Instagram. We also have Christine Michelle Carter, who is the global number one global voice for working moms in America. She's a Forbes writer. She is a global marketing executive and she has completely been um, invested. She's been invested in, you know, the black millennial moms, you know, and in, in helping them address, you know, workplace and employment issues in America. We also have Dr. Gannett Scott, who is a financial um, expert and advisor. And so she'll be talking about the wealth inequality, right, as it relates to Black people and how Black people can build wealth, how they can, you know, ask for funding and, 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 and build businesses. So we're really excited about that. You know, we'll have some healing and self-care session, one-on-one networking, and really just engage with everyone, Black moms, allies, on how we can all collectively support each other and lean on each other um, and be the solution. Because I truly believe it, believe it begins at home. Racism begins at home. So anti-racism can also begin at home. So, you know, it starts with us as moms, as parents, to think about, you know, what are the things that we can be doing? You know, kids start showing racial tendencies as early as one, right? So whether it's diversifying, you know, their caregivers or diversifying toys or books or things that they associate with and taking them, you know, making sure you go to a diverse school, 
right? Those are simple things that we can all start doing. And so, you know, again, we've been talking about money here and it's really following the money, right? When schools now realize that parents are asking for diversity in their schools, right? Then they'll be like, you know what? Yep, we're going to start accepting more, more, you know, a racially diverse population. We're starting to see across the country that companies are basically saying, if you're not diverse, we're not going to invest in you, you know, because that's not the future. So, you know, what can we do as parents um, to make sure that our kids are set up for, for success in a racially diverse world? Because that's really where we need to be as a country. Absolutely. And guys, I'm really excited to attend that uh, that conference on Friday. I'm already registered. I hope we see a lot of Yay. you there. It's it's the gaps, though, blessing. They're, they're so deep and they're so tied back to generations old history. And I think that a lot of us, we had a, a session last week talking to a genealogist and an oral historian about Mm-hmm. history and how little most of us know, and then how that ties forward to where we get those racial gaps. And I think we really do need to start having these conversations because we're just unaware. And so one of the things that jumped out that you shared before is that Black women spend nearly three times more hours caring for elderly and sick relatives. And I think this is a gap. It's a, it's a specific gap with, with Black women, but there's also other minority groups. Latin American women have a similar way more than white women, and that's a cultural thing as well. But that impacts the time you can go spend working and doing other things. And that perpetuates this wealth gap. And how do we handle that? So I'm really excited to hear these conversations. And I'm really glad you guys were able to put this on quickly and together for everyone to all to have this conversation. Absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's important work. It's heavy, right? You know, it's, it's, it's some serious hard work, but it's important. And it is very, it's something that we should all be ready to tackle. You know, and it's 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 not going to be easy that I can guarantee you, but I know that the outcome will be so much better for all of us. Completely agree. Blessing, any uh, last kind of words or advice for moms listening to the show today? Absolutely. You know, I think the biggest thing is really to just be yourself, is really to understand your values as a person and as a family, because, you know, we've talked about so many things today, right? We've talked about you know, money and motherhood and workplace, you know, equality and, you know, all those different things around personal management and household management. But at the end of the day, it ties back down to, you know, what do you believe in personally? And what does your family believe in? And how can you create a future that you all will be proud of? And that includes one that is anti-racist because it's of no use, you know, right? If we all continue to chase the dollar and we are living in a world that is unjust, we are living in a world that does not, you know, that does not really care about others. We really need to start thinking about, again, it all comes back to even situations like COVID-19, right? The only reason we are struggling as a society is because we did not have systems and processes in place to deal with it. It's because we did not think that we should take care of others, right? That we should make sure that, you know, people had, you know, the opportunity of paid leave, for example, that it can all tap into. And so what do you see? You see companies saying, oh, you can now have, you know, two weeks of unpaid leave, you know, to handle all the stress. Well, if we, if we already had something like that in place, you know, we wouldn't all be scrambling, right? If we already had the financial backbone for every family in place, right? We won't need to be jumping around, trying to, jumping through hoops, right? Trying to pass a stimulus bill. So I think it's really just um, for us to start doing the incremental work, right, that it would take to build a society that really works for everybody. I think that that would be my last um, final word for, for everyone listening. 
Absolutely. That's great. Blessing, before we let you go, we have to do something a little bit silly. Oh, <laughs> we, yeah, have have you, stuff. <laughs> we have to have you try on our Smart Money Mama sorting hat. So, Mamas, you can't see us, but my high sorting hat is behind <laughs> Um So, the sorting hat is our version of a mini hot seat where we ask our magical hat to reveal something about you. Are you ready? Yes. What is your all-time favorite comfort food? it's plantains oh my goodness I love plantains yeah just fry it and oh my goodness the ones that are really ripe too by the way delicious awesome blessing where can people follow up with you check in with mother honestly and see the work you continue to to do we have daily conversations on um, Instagram so you can check us out at at mother honestly and we also are we have a website where you can either grab all the resources support from join our community at motherhonestly.com. Excellent, guys. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes as well as the conference on Friday. Blessing, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we get to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a wonderful one. Wow, mamas. Every time I talk to Blessing, I feel like I'm talking to Superwoman. She does so many things while being an active and present mother, and she has so much passion for solving the challenges that millennial mothers face. It's incredible and an inspiration for all working moms. I truly can't wait for her mini conference this Friday. Be sure to register for free at blackmotherstogether.com. I'm also honored to be speaking about money at her annual event, the Mother Summit, this fall. As always, I've rounded up my top three favorite takeaways from this chat with Blessing that you can take away into your life. First, racism starts at home, which means anti-racism needs to start at home too. We need to come together as mothers and understand the current state of affairs and the disadvantages faced by black mothers. We need to chart a way forward that doesn't leave black mamas fearing for their children and closes gaps in healthcare, wealth, business funding, and more. And we need to parent in a way that changes the patterns and narratives that is actively anti-racist and raises kids who stand up for equality and justice. That is why Blessing organized the State of Black Mothers in America mini-conference, because we need to come together as moms, listen to the support and changes Black moms need, and start to take action. Second, motherhood as it stands today is unsustainable. The majority of moms work outside the home and are trying to take care of kids and everything involved with running a household. Plus, with our definition of full-time creeping more and more towards 50 to 60 hours than 40 hours, things are getting out of control. Blessing is right that something has to give, that if we try to do it all, avoiding ever saying no or asking for help, we're going to burn out. Just like we talked about in episode 37 of this podcast, you have to define what having it all means to you. Make choices about what matters most to you. Be honest with yourself and with your partner about what you want your life to look like. Then ask for help or say no to the things that aren't a priority to you. We have to commit to not burning out and not just keep hoping we can figure it all out. And finally, third, your ambition and your passion matters, mama. When we have kids, it's so easy to start putting our own needs last. We make sacrifices in our careers, our self-care. We see the struggles of trying to balance it all and discover that the easiest place to start saying no is to ourselves. We say, well, maybe later. 
But your passions, your goals do matter. They let you live a full and happy life. They let your kids see a mom who is motivated, energized, and thriving. They let you fill your cup. And when it comes to career and business goals, it lets you build wealth and financial security. Have regular family meetings and conversations about your values and what you want to achieve. Create systems and structures at home that give you space to pursue the things that are important to you. Just like Blessing and her husband trade off nights of who gets to take care of the kids while the other picks up their hustle. But most importantly, we need to learn to center and be clear on our own definitions of success in work, in parenting, in life. We have to ditch the external expectations, the mom guilt, because it's not serving us. The only thing that should matter is, does your life work for you and your family? You've got this. Mamas, I want to thank Blessing again for joining me on the show and sharing her story with us. I also want to thank you for hanging out with us. It's always a pleasure to have you in our mama circle. As a reminder for a summary of our key takeaways and links to Blessing's work, including Mother Honestly in this Friday's event, head to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash blessing. Keep talking money, mamas. I'll see you next time.